I was sinking deep in sin, sinking to rise no more. Overwhelmed by guilt within, mercy I did implore. sent his son they called him Jesus he came to love heal and forgive
tonight is the lovely hymn, Sing the Wondrous Love of Jesus, Sing His Mercy and His Grace. In the mansions bright and blessed, He'll prepare for us a place. I trust that you have a place prepared in glory and that you're ready for that day when Christ either comes or calls. We'll stand together after we get the opening notes to sing this lovely hymn. Now, there's fewer of us tonight than there was last night, so you're going to have to sing all the more. Um, there was a minute or two there, Samuel turned the volume up, and I think I nearly blew your ears out. I had to step back from that microphone, but I trust that you'll sing your very best. If you know the grace of God in your heart, then sing praise unto his name. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. together in prayer. Let's seek the Lord's face in prayer. I'm going to ask our brother Samuel Johnston, one of our deacons, if he'd come. He's also a past pupil of Dalry Adam. We'll not ask him how many years ago, uh, but uh, we're delighted that Samuel's with us. Lord bless you. 
Let's all pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to bow before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We realize tonight that we don't come before an idol of stone or of metal or of our own fabrication, but we come before the one who created the world and the one who sustains the world and the one who didn't leave us in our lost estate, but yet when man fell, the one who made a way of salvation. We thank you for ever setting your love upon us. We thank you for the words that we read in in God's word that says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And we thank you that we love him only because he first loved us. And Lord, we praise and thank you for the message of the gospel. We thank you that it's a message of uh, what the Lord has done for us, that there's not a message of works, there's not a message of try your best, but there's a message of a finished work, a work that was completed there on the cross at Calvary. We pray, Lord, tonight that you will meet with us as we gather together. Be with the one who will sing. We pray that Rebecca will know help from on high and that you will bless her as she sings tonight. Be with especially our brother, uh, the Reverend Gray, as he comes to bring your word. We pray that he will be filled with the Spirit of God and used tonight in the extension of your kingdom. And we pray for each one who listens, Lord, for those who know you as Savior. We pray that tonight we will see once again what the Savior has done for us. We will fall in love with him all over again. Lord, for those who are unsaved, we pray that tonight you will open their eyes, open their ears, open their hearts, Lord, to the gospel and to the way of salvation. And Lord, we'll give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Samuel. I'll sing a few verses of the lovely hymn. There is a story sweet to hear. I love to tell it too. It fills my heart with hope and cheer. Is old yet ever new. I wonder, child of God, does that story still fill your heart with hope and cheer? My doctor, every day, the love of God in Christ. Let's think of these words as we sing them together, standing again while we sing, please.
Each night as we've announced we have special singing and those who have come to minister to us in song and we're delighted to have Rebecca with us tonight, Mrs. Rebecca Park, wherever she is. There she is. And we're going to ask Rebecca to come now and to minister to us in song, please. Rebecca, thank you. Stronger than dark. 
what a day that will be when we all see Jesus. I trust everyone in this gathering has that assurance in their heart when we see the one who loved us and gave himself for us. We bid you welcome to the Monday night meeting of the mission. Uh, Monday nights can always be the preacher's nightmare, so that's why Mr. Park left it to the Reverend Gray to have the nightmare tonight. But there's a reason as to why we're down in numbers as you know, uh, this is the graduation of our dear brother David McCauley and the Panker uh, in the Martyrs. And, of course, there are many of the family who want uh, to be there. And so, and our own pastor, you know how his heart uh, is for the work of mission and all that goes on there. And he wanted to be there to be an encouragement. And so we do remember those who are uh, there tonight at that service and trust the Lord 
will bless them. But we thank you, therefore, all the more for being here tonight. And thank you for your patience. Uh, when you come to a different venue, you always have things that happen and things that maybe just don't go always the way that you planned. Well, there was a parent's uh, interviews or whatever it is uh, it was going on. So we had to make a rearrangement or bring you in the back door. And we thank you for your patience on that. As far as we know, there's nothing else planned for the week. But we'll just check that tomorrow just to be able to be sure. And there will be a change probably in the following week. But we'll give you more details about that whenever we have them. So we bid you welcome. We bid also those welcome who are listening to us on Sermon Audio, Facebook, and YouTube. And wherever you are, we trust and pray that the Lord will bless you. So thank you for coming. And do remember the mission as it continues each night at 8 o'clock, Monday through to Friday, with a time of prayer in the library uh, just from uh, 7.30. And the services are at 8 p.m. Then the Lord's Day evening at 7 o'clock here in the Armstrong Hall. Those who will minister to us in song through the rest of this week, tomorrow night, and the will of God, Pastor Philip Bowles from Kilray Baptist Church will be along to minister in song. We were blessed by our brother when he ministered to us in song in the town hall mission that we had. And we look forward to him coming again tomorrow night. Then Wednesday night, you have the golden oldies, the word of truth. Uh, well, I can say that because I'm a member of the word of truth. So whether the rest of them agree with me or not, uh, but uh, we'll endeavor to minister in song on Wednesday night. Thursday night, uh, our Hebron choir. Uh, what a blessing it was yesterday to listen to the choir. And do remember them as they come. And then Friday evening, the Reverend uh, and Mrs. Marcus Leckie will be alone to minister in song. If you want to give uh, as a means of help uh, to defray the expenses of the mission, there will be baskets at the door, or doors, as it probably will be tonight uh, as you leave. In welcoming you tonight, I also want to welcome our guest preacher in the person of the Reverend John Gray. And he's on his own. Or is your wife here? Yes. Oh, there she is there. I didn't know her pair of glasses, Arlene. So she, she sits over here and you sit over there. You see. So we bid you both welcome in the Saviour's name. As I said yesterday, uh, Mr. Park and Mr. Gray many years ago were faithful evangelists in gospel missions in different halls in tents and all sorts of places and they've maintained that evangelistic fervor in their ministries to this very day and our brother is a minister in our Tandra Gay congregation and we're delighted that he was able to step in and come tonight we look forward to you coming shortly brother to minister God's word and you're welcome uh, to the gospel mission we're going to sing a few verses of the hymn just before the Reverend Gray does come to bring God's word 219, a ruler once came to Jesus by night. And maybe I could just say before we sing this hymn, we would appreciate your help in terms, uh, tomorrow night will be more the issue, but when you're leaving the car park, so if you're parked at the front tomorrow night, please don't go out the gate you come in. Follow the instructions. There's a, a gate to come in and there's a gate to go out. Uh, and there's a very good reason for that. Because if somebody goes out the gate that they come in and somebody comes down the road, there could be a collision. And we don't want that to happen. So please follow the steward's advice 
and help us in that regard uh, because it, it can be a tight space and so we want you to be cautious and to be careful. It shouldn't be much as a problem tonight because most are parked, I think, at the back. But do remember and help us in that regard, please, and thank you for that. A ruler once came to Jesus by night to ask him the way of salvation and life. We'll stand together while we sing, please. final message and song and then after that the Reverend Gray will come and minister God's word me. 
Thank you, Rebecca. That was lovely. And may the Lord bless that lovely hymn and the other hymns that you sung tonight to all of our hearts. Please turn in your Bibles to a very familiar portion of Scripture, John chapter 14. John chapter 14. When the Reverend Park 
phoned me early yesterday morning to ask me could I come along to the mission tonight. Uh, the Lord, I believe, laid this portion of scripture uh, upon my heart. And I couldn't get away from it all day yesterday. It's a very familiar passage of scripture, I'm sure, to most of us. But maybe you're in the meeting tonight and you're not saved. Therefore, this passage of scripture may not be familiar to you. Therefore, I pray that you listen very carefully. I have a very simple message for you tonight. And I pray that God will take his word and write it upon your heart especially. I'm delighted to be here. And we pray that the Lord will bless his word now to each and every one of us. John chapter 14 and verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. And whether I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest. And how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Amen. We know the Lord will bless the reading of his word to our hearts. Let's bow in a wee word of prayer and ask the Lord for his help as we come to consider God's word tonight. Our Father in heaven, we thank thee for your presence with us this evening. And we thank thee, Lord, for thy word that we have just read. And, O God, we do pray that as we turn to the sacred page just now, that you would bless thy word to every heart. But, Lord, we think especially of those tonight who are in this meeting not saved, those perhaps listening on and they're still strangers to grace and to God. Lord, that you would speak to them particularly. We thank the Lord, that you're still able and willing and waiting to save to the uttermost all that come to thee through the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray, Lord, that you'll fill us afresh with your gracious Holy Spirit. Bless this mission. We thank thee, Lord, for the preaching of the gospel. And, O oh God, we pray over the nights to come that your servant would know the infilling of God, the Holy Spirit. But, Lord, this night I would pray, fill me with thy gracious Holy Spirit. And, O oh God, hide man far behind the cross, that none would be seen save Jesus only. And Lord, we'll be very careful to give to thee the praise, the glory, and every bit of the honor. For it's in Jesus' precious name we ask it. Amen. In John chapter 14, the Lord Jesus Christ is the one who's doing the speaking. Now that's very important because it's not the preacher that's speaking here as far as as this preacher is concerned, it's the Lord Jesus Christ himself, the Son of God. You remember what Jesus said on one occasion? He said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall never pass away. So here we have the Son of God himself, the Savior of the world. And he is speaking here in John chapter 14. And as the Savior speaks here in John chapter 14... He speaks on this occasion 
to his disciples. And that's very important. Now, throughout the earthly ministry of Christ, he spoke to many different people on many different subjects. But here, the Savior, as he speaks, he is speaking specifically to his disciples. And as he speaks to his disciples on this occasion, he's speaking on the subject of heaven. Now, again, that's very important. Because if you study the earthly ministry of Christ, the Lord Jesus, as he spoke uh, many different times, he spoke on many different subjects. But here the Savior, the Son of God, as he speaks to his disciples, he speaks to them about heaven. And as the Savior speaks to his disciples on this occasion in John chapter 14 about heaven, very simply, he teaches them three things about heaven. And I want to draw your attention to these three truths that the Lord Jesus spoke to his disciples about heaven here in John chapter 14. And again, let me emphasize, if you're in the meeting tonight or listening on and you're not saved, you're not born again of the Spirit of God, I want you to listen very carefully. It's a very simple message, but it's a message for your heart, I believe, this evening. And I pray, therefore, that God the Holy Spirit would take the Word of God tonight, the words of Jesus, the words of the Son of God, and burn them upon your heart and upon your soul. Because here the Savior has a message for you. Now, as the Lord Jesus speaks to his disciples in John chapter 14 on the subject of heaven, what does he teach? What does he say? What does he declare? Well, first of all, very simply, he declares that heaven is real, that heaven is a real place. Look what it says there, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there ye may be also. You know, men and women, many people today do not believe that heaven is a real place. Indeed, they don't believe that there is life or existence beyond the grave. They tell us that when we die, our bodies are put into Mother Earth, and that's the end of us. We stop existing. I wonder tonight, if you're in the meeting, is that what you believe? If you're listening on to the service tonight, is that what you believe? That when you come to die, that is the end. And yet that's not what the Lord Jesus Christ taught. Because here the Savior teaches simply and clearly and dogmatically that heaven is a real place. And of course, when we compare Scripture with Scripture, we can learn very simply that heaven, this place, is emphasized time and time again throughout the Scriptures. Now, time would not allow me to turn to all the passages of Scripture this evening where heaven is spoken of. But there are many of them. I think especially of Revelation chapter 21, and you take the time to read that chapter when you go home. It's a very familiar chapter to God's people. But again, if you're not saved, if you're not a Christian, you take the time to read that chapter when you go home. And you will discover in that chapter that we learn many wonderful things about heaven. 
We learn that heaven is a place where there's no death. Heaven is a place where there's no sorrow. Heaven is a place where there is no crying. Heaven is a place, therefore, where there's no tears. Heaven is a place where Jesus dwells. And, of course, we learn that from John chapter 14 as well. So as far as the Bible is concerned, and as far as the Son of God is concerned, heaven is real. Heaven is as real as Balamoni. Heaven is as real as Tandragi. Heaven is as real as Belfast. Heaven is as real as Ulster. Heaven is as real as Ireland. It's real. Let me ask you a question tonight at the close of this meeting. Are you going to heaven? Are you going to heaven? If you were to die right now, would you be in heaven? Would your soul be in heaven? Where would you be five minutes after you die? You know, that's a very serious question. But it is a question that you need to answer in the light of what Jesus taught about heaven. Because, you see, as you read on down John chapter 14, the Lord Jesus very simply taught something else about heaven. Not only did he teach that heaven was real, a real place, but he also taught very simply that heaven was only for a prepared people. You'll notice here in this chapter that the Lord Jesus Christ is speaking to his disciples. Isn't that what we said at the very beginning of the message? And that's why we emphasize that the Lord Jesus was speaking to none others but his disciples. Who were the disciples? The disciples were those who were followers of Christ. The disciples were those who were saved by the grace of God. The disciples were those who were born again of the Spirit of God. Therefore, the Lord Jesus Christ promises those who are saved and redeemed by the precious blood of Christ a home in heaven. Are you prepared for heaven? Are you saved? Are you born again of the Spirit of God? Take the time to read this portion of Scripture and you will notice that there are only 11 disciples in John chapter 14. One of the disciples left the company shortly before the Lord Jesus spoke these words. The one that left the company was Judas Iscariot. And you'll read that In the previous chapter, chapter 14. You see, Judas Iscariot was not a true disciple of Christ. He was never saved. He was never born again of the Spirit of God. Although many thought he was a true disciple, he was not a true disciple. And it's interesting when you study John chapter 14 to just notice that little fact. The Lord Jesus, therefore, is not promising Judas Iscariot a home in heaven. Lord Jesus did not speak these words until Judas Iscariot had left the company. See, the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 1 that when Judas died, and of course he died a very violent death, he went to his own place. Indeed, if you study John chapter 6, you'll read these words that Jesus said to his disciples. He said, some of you believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And notice at the end of John chapter 6 how the Lord Jesus links unbelief with the one who would betray him. 
Judas Iscariot, you see, was an unbeliever. My friend, maybe there's someone here tonight and you come to church every week and you live the best that you can and you do the best that you can and you bring your Bible to church, but you have never truly been born again of the Spirit of God. Oh, I pray if that's the case tonight that you would come and trust the Lord Jesus as your own and personal Savior, that you will be prepared for heaven. Because as Jesus said to Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Are you prepared? And if you say you are prepared, then when did you prepare? When were you born again? Have you two birthdays? In a couple of days' time, it'll be my spiritual birthday. On the 13th of September, 1976, many years ago, it was the night when I came and trusted the Lord Jesus as my Savior. And I can remember that day as if it was yesterday. And I can bring you to the very spot in Portadown where the tent was, where the gospel mission was held. And the Reverend Elliot preached the gospel that night. And I came under conviction of sin, realizing that I was the sinner needing a savior, recognizing that if I was not saved, I would be lost forever. And realizing and recognizing that only Jesus Christ could save me. And at the end of the meeting that night, on the 13th of September, as a boy of 13 years of age, I knelt at a pew and cried unto God for mercy, and he saved me. And I prepared for heaven. My friend, when did you prepare for heaven? Going to church doesn't prepare you for heaven. Reading your Bible doesn't prepare you for heaven. You need to be born again. You need to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. You need to go down before God and admit before him that you are the sinner and that you need a Savior and you need to cry unto him for salvation. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and not, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And that's why you'll not get into heaven, simply because you go to church, simply because you're a member of a church. Ye must be born again, or never enter heaven. Tis only blood-wise ones are there, the ransomed and forgiven. Jesus taught in John chapter 14, as he spoke to his eleven disciples... That heaven was real and that heaven was a prepared place for a prepared people. And that's why you tonight must prepare for heaven. I pray tonight that you will come and trust Christ as your Savior. The hymn writer penned it well, only trust him, only trust him, only trust him now. He will save you, he will save you, he will save you now. See, that's the third thing that the Lord Jesus Christ taught about heaven here. Not only did he teach that heaven was a real place and that heaven was for a prepared people, but of course, he taught here also in John chapter 14 that heaven could only be entered through one person. One person. What does he say here in John chapter 14? Look at it. Read it carefully. He said to his disciples, I go... To prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you. I will come again. And I will receive you unto myself. That where I am there ye may be also. 
And then he said this in verse 6. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. My friend, those are demotic words. The words of Jesus, not the words of the preacher, not the words of the church, not the words of the denomination that we're from tonight, but these are the words of the Son of God himself. And the Lord Jesus made this dogmatic statement as he taught his disciples about heaven. He said, there's only one way to heaven. He said, I am the way. One door and only one. And yet at sides are two. I'm on the inside and which side are you? There's no other way that you and I can get into heaven but through the person and through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the only way to heaven? Because of who he is and because of what he has done. Who is he? He's the Son of God. The sinless, spotless Lamb of God. Thank God he knew no sin, did no sin. He couldn't even think sin. He was the pure Lamb of God. And he died upon a cross. And upon that cross of Calvary, he shed his precious blood for your sins and for my sins. And thank God, because of that work that he accomplished upon the middle tree on Golgotha's brow, he has provided a way of escape from hell and from judgment to come. And he has opened up heaven's door, my friend, that you and I can enter in. But we must come through him. Jesus said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. I wonder tonight, have you ever entered in through Christ, the open door? My that night, all those years ago, as a boy of 13, I couldn't have quoted you two verses out of the Bible. I'd never read the Bible. I knew very little about the things of God. And I knew less about theology. But I knew this. I knew that I was the sinner on the way to hell. And I knew that Jesus died for sinners. That, mean, that meant that Jesus died for me. And that night I cried unto the Lord to save me. In childlike faith. And he saved me. My friend, if you call upon the Lord tonight in childlike faith, the Lord will save you. He will save you tonight. I don't care who you are. I don't care how far down the road of iniquity you've traveled. I don't care what you've done. I don't care whether this is your first time in a gospel meeting or whether you've been sitting in gospel meetings all your life. The vilest offender who truly believes that moment to Jesus at cleansing will receive. And the Lord will receive you tonight. He will save you tonight. He will prepare you for heaven and for home. But he's the only one who can do it. You can't save yourself. No one else can save you. I certainly can't save you. The Reverend Park can't save you. The church, Balamoni Church can't save you. But there's one who can. And his name is Jesus. The blessed Son of God. And he loves you tonight. He doesn't love your sin, but he loves you. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I wonder, would you come just as you are this evening and put your faith and trust 
in the Lord Jesus. Jesus here speaking to his disciples. He's speaking to them about heaven. And he teaches them that heaven is real and that you must be prepared to get into heaven. And there's only one who can bring you to heaven and that's Jesus. When you trust him. Turn over in the Bible just for a moment to Luke's Gospel chapter 16. Now you'll notice in Luke's Gospel chapter 16 that the Lord Jesus Christ is speaking again. But this time he's speaking to the Pharisees. And this time, have you never read Luke chapter 16? You take the time to read it. And you'll discover that the Lord Jesus here is not speaking about heaven. But as he speaks on this occasion to the Pharisees, he's speaking about hell. He's speaking about hell. And as the Lord Jesus speaks about hell, the Lord Jesus warns men and women to flee from the wrath which is to come. And he tells a story about two men, but one particular, the rich man. And the Bible tells us that, as the Lord Jesus tells this story about this rich man, that not only does he tell about his life upon earth, but he tells us about his death. And then he tells us about his eternity. Take a look what it says in verse 23. It says, And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried out and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. My friend, I haven't got the time tonight to go into this passage of Scripture the way that I would need to go into the passage of Scripture. It's another sermon. But the point I want to make is this, that when the Lord Jesus walked upon this scene of time, when he taught the people, whether it was his disciples or whether it was the Pharisees, whether it was the multitudes, he not only told them that there was a heaven to gain, but he warned them that there was a hell to shun. My friend, let me say lovingly and tenderly to you tonight, if you're found in this meeting unsaved, if you're listening on and you're not a Christian, not born again of the Spirit of God, if you're not prepared for heaven, you're prepared for hell. If you're not on your way to heaven, you're on your way to hell. If you're not ready for the mansions above, then once your soul leaves your body, you will be lost forever and forever and forever. And I say that lovingly and tenderly, but I say that because as a gospel preacher, I must be faithful to the word of God and to the teaching of Christ. The Lord Jesus is speaking here also, as we have emphasized in Luke chapter 16. Here the Savior is speaking upon this solemn subject of hell. You see, death is not the end. Indeed, in many respects, death is only the beginning. I've often described it like this, that death is the key that opens up the door to the great eternity. 
And my friend, once you and I die, although our bodies will be put into the coffin and the coffin will be put into Mother Earth, our soul, your soul and my soul, will continue to exist throughout the countless ages of eternity. And long after you and I are dead, long after people have forgotten about us, we will still be in existence. You and I will still be in existence a hundred years from now. You and I will still be in existence a thousand years from now. Either in God's heaven or in God's hell. That's what Jesus taught when he walked upon this earth. That's what the Savior declared when he preached in his public ministry upon this scene of time. Now here's the question. And we're almost finished. Here's the question. And I want you tonight, if you're in this meeting and you're not saved, I want you to answer the question honestly within your own heart on the basis of what Jesus taught. Not on the basis of what the preacher said. We haven't been considering what the preacher says. It didn't matter what the preacher says. On the basis of what Jesus has said, when you die, are you going to heaven? Or are you going to hell? Are you sure? Are you 100% sure? My friend, if you're not 100% sure that heaven is your home, make Make sure tonight. Make sure tonight. Before you leave this meeting, before you close your eyes and sleep this evening, make sure that you're ready for heaven. You know, before I was saved, and as I said, I was saved when I was a boy of 13, I was in that mission a couple of nights before I got saved, and I, were, I was in other meetings, gospel meetings, and I can remember going to those meetings and even that meeting a couple of nights before I was saved, coming under conviction of sin and then going home, going to bed, and I couldn't sleep. I was afraid to close my eyes in sleep in case I would die in the night and be lost forever. Oh, my friend, before you sleep tonight... Seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. Turn while the Savior in mercy is calling and steer for the harbor light. For how do you know but your soul may be drifting over the deadline tonight? What peace, what peace I had that night after the Lord saved me. I went home, slept like a baby. Not a worry. Because I knew that if I was to die in the night, in the middle of the night, it would be absent from the body and present with the Lord. Come to Christ tonight. Don't be foolish enough to think that there's no heaven and no hell. Don't be foolish enough to think that Jesus didn't teach these things. Because he did. And you compare John chapter 14 with Luke chapter 16 and you'll see that the Savior 
in his public ministry taught about heaven and warned about hell. Prepare for heaven tonight and come to Christ. Let us all pray. Just in a moment we're going to ask Brother Mervyn to come and close the meeting but could I just say as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed if there's someone in the meeting and you're not saved I don't know who you are tonight but the Lord has spoken to you tonight and perhaps you were in yesterday and perhaps even over these past weeks the Lord has been speaking to you. My friend we give you an invitation to wait behind tonight and to seek the Lord. We're in no rush home. We'd only be too glad to open the Bible and to explain to you more simply how you can be saved and how you can know it, how you can prepare for heaven. But don't leave the meeting tonight without Christ. Come and seek the Lord this evening and find eternal redemption through the blood of the Lamb. And then you'll be able to go home tonight with the peace of God in your heart that passeth all understanding. There's no joy like the joy of God's wonderful salvation. May God bless his word. We'll ask Mervyn to come and close. Closing hymn is a hymn. Sinner, how thy heart is troubled. God is coming very near. Do not hide thy deep emotion. Do not check. The following tear. We'll remain seated and we'll just sing the first two verses of this hymn. Let's think about these words. Remain seated while we sing. Think about the words as we sing them, please.
Father, we thank Thee and praise Thee for the gospel message that has been proclaimed. We thank Thee for the prepared place for a prepared people. We thank Thee for the one who's made it all possible, the one who is the truth, the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. And so, our loving Father, we pray that Thou will bless Thy word. May it not return unto Thee void. Lord, we cry unto Thee that there will be none leave this service tonight, but that they know they're heaven-bound. They know they're ready for glory. Separate us in Thy fear and with Thy favor. We pray these things in the Saviour's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming. As the Reverend Grace said, if you're troubled or concerned, don't leave without Christ. Speak to some of us. Speak to the Reverend Gray. But he'll be ready. Be saved by his grace. Amen. Good night and God bless.